Hello and welcome to How Many Geese. I'm Jack Baddams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're looking for a nature podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously... Then we are the natural selection. On today's show... Absolutely juiced up to the gills on grass. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine if we could put on that level of muscle just by eating lettuce. You've angered the leopard gecko gods. Oh no! And you are now to be dealt your justice. What's best, monkeys or penguins? Oh... Okay, so an article piqued my interest back in the summer that I've been saving for this segment, but I don't want to reveal the article now because it's going to ruin the way I want to sort of structure it and we're going to we're going to finish with the article that I saw. But do you remember back in the far off days of season 1 when we did the big two-parter on the oldest organisms? Yeah. Remember that? I do. I know you do, listener. We covered the oldest fish Greenland sharks, reptiles, birds, and then some ridiculous trees and things that were immortal and all that sort of stuff. And it was a big two-parter, which was, yeah, a really cool journey on some of the oldest things. Was that one that had the Fortingall U? It was. It had the Fortingall U. It had the parrot that would say obscenities about Hitler. Yeah. I just want to chuck out, if you are new and joining us here, do, because the Fortingall U in everything that we've learned doing this is in my personal top couple. Is it? I think so, yeah. Nice, that's a good one. Such a quick little, just chuck it in. And I'm not saying what it does, you have to go and listen. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it is. It is good. And yeah, the, the, the episode is a sardine as old as Babylon, and then the one after that, which I can't remember the name of. Um, so, in a similar vein, I want to do the biggest organisms on the planet. Okay. Okay? So, let's get, like, the basic bitches out of the way that are, like, in my first book of animals encyclopedia. The big okay? badgers. Get, get, get that stuff out of the way. So, biggest bird? Ostrich. Ostrich. Biggest mammal? Blue whale. Blue whale. And to be fair, we shouldn't actually dismiss this one because it is, as far as we're aware, the largest animal to ever live. Yeah. The largest recorded weight of a blue whale was 190 tonnes for a specimen measuring 27.6 metres. How did we measure that? Well, adult whales have been seen up to 33 metres long and could have weighed 250 tonnes but haven't been weighed. In fact, the top 10 heaviest living animals right now are all, unsurprisingly, whales. My favourite caveat on this table that I found says, since no scales can accommodate the whole body of a large whale, most have been weighed in parts. So they just sort of do little bits at a time. But I do have the, I have the top 10 list and they're all, they're all whales. Yeah on the list unsurprisingly so is this the biggest animals that aren't whales uh well we well we're just gonna get ostriches which were also one of the ones you flagged from the top well we're just you know we're just doing we've done the birds biggest bird is an ostrich we don't need to dwell on that biggest mammal blue whale blue whale we don't need to dwell on that but they're not the longest animal in the world blue whales so blue whales come in at 33 meters long oh it's going to be some kind of sponge or something I think it's more it's more of an animal than that. Some kind of jellyfishy, like a tentacle on a jellyfish that goes from He's got it. You know, the Iberian Peninsula to kind of Santiago <laughs> the Horn and of Chile. Africa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lion's mane jellyfish. Right. One caught in eighteen sixty five. Yeah. Had a diameter 
so its body, I guess, was two meters wide. Yeah. And then its tentacles were 36.6 meters long. That is daft. So that's three meters longer than the biggest blue whale that's ever been seen. Calm down. Jellyfish, fucking get in line. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not having it. Yeah, it is is mad. They're just slightly clever water. (laughs) (laughs) And only slightly. Yeah. I'm not even sure they're much cleverer than water. Yeah. There's the same level of thought process yeah. going on in water than is a jellyfish. Yeah. I also, though, have a list of moving away from the sea, going on to land. I've got a list of the top 10 heaviest land mammals. And I think this is a bit of an interesting... Or there's some on here. There's certainly one on here that's a bit out there. So do you want to play the top 10 heaviest animals in the world bingo yes yes so this is the top 10 species of heaviest land mammals so it's not 10 elephants and i have to guess their name (laughs) it's it's like when they do that fat bear competition in alaska (laughs) or whatever (laughs) okay well we're definitely doing an episode on the fat bear competition but okay african elephants are on there african bush elephant is number one yeah Does that mean that African jungle elephant is put there separately? African forest elephant is number three. Separate species. Asian elephant is number two. So this is a very specific list. It's it's the species, yeah, yeah. Right. You got the top three. That just smashed it. Yep. Um Hippo. Yeah. That's at number six. Okay. Black rhino, white rhino, Indian one horned rhino. Oh, you've just done. Four, five, and eight. So I've got seven, nine, and ten to go. You've got seven, nine, and ten to go. Before I start unpicking it, because you said land, are any of these seals? No. No. So it's proper needs legs. It's proper needs legs. They've all got legs. I will say that you almost completed the rhino section. So there's another rhino. Has it got... Are southern and northern white rhinos... No, they're separate subspecies. So they are listed on here as... Jarvan? Jarvan. So it's black, Jarvan, Indian, white in that ascending order. So black being the lightest, Jarvan being heavier, Indian being heavier, white rhino being the heaviest of all the rhinos. So then there's two, nine and ten are the last two. If you get number ten, I will be astonished. Nine is maybe a little bit more. Nine, you know, I think you'd get. Giraffe. Giraffe is nine. So number ten. Can I have three guesses at it? Do you want Do you want me to tell you the weight of it? Okay. So the weight of it. Can you give me the weight of a giraffe as well? Okay. The weight of, I'll give you the weight of the giraffe. Uh, the average mass of a giraffe <laughs> is one ton. Oh. The maximum mass of a giraffe is two tons. The average weight of animal number 10 is 0.95 tons, so basically a ton. The maximum mass of animal number 10 is 1.5 tons. It's like countdown. It's taking notes. Is it a shire horse? It's not a shire horse. It's a wild animal. It's a wild animal. Males can be over three meters long and almost two meters tall. Can I get a continent, please, Jack? 
Asia. Okay. Can I get a subcontinent, please, Jack? <laughs> South and Southeast Asia. I've done the rhinos. Asian water buffalo? No, but you're getting closer. Is it the gar... Gar... The, I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's it. The gawa. G-A-U-R. Yeah, the gawa yeah. is also known as the Indian bison. Is fucking you. Come on, I said give me three. I've got yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed, yeah. Uh, I'm clapping yeah, myself. It's, <laughs> I don't care. It's huge. Yeah, the males can be two meters tall. Like at Jesus. the so that's like we're that's us. we're basically two meters tall. Yeah. So that's up at the shoulder height. So imagine. So its head is above my head. Well, no, because I think that you, freaks me out when that happens because I'm used to my head being the tallest. Head <laughs> well, I don't know because the way they sort of they've got like the big shoulders. Yeah. And then their head's probably a little bit lower. Over three meters long. Three meters long. That's One point a- five tons. Obviously, the biggest cow in the world. What he's now Googling. Come on. Jesus. That is... Te- Some of these pictures are actually terrifying. <laughs> They're huge. They're so big. I had no idea. There's one here, and it's taken from the side, and it looks like a kind of bodybuilder Schwarzenegger type thing with the rippling muscles. And then the face on it is so smug. <laughs> Absolutely juiced up to the gills on grass. Yeah. <laughs> Chlorophyll. Sweet, sweet green. Imagine if we could put on that level of muscle just by eating lettuce. Yeah. Oh, my God. How do they do it? Like, actually, how do they do it? What's their workout regime to turn grass and browse? Well, hang on. Right. Yes, but also everything above them on that list. Well, yeah. He's also turning grass. <laughs> That's true. If anything, they're the... <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah. They're the 10th henchest yeah. animal that <laughs> we've mentioned. The 10th henchest vegetarian <laughs> on land. Yeah. But they're massive. Where in Southeast Asia? All over? You find them in places in India, in some of the national parks in India. Um, but then right through Southeast Asia, before you sort of get to Indonesia and the islands... You find them through the mainland there. The Malay Peninsula. But yeah, sadly, of course, they've been hunted for meat. They've been hunted for trophies because they've got incredible horns on them. Um, and I was reading that they, they're they normally supposed to be a diurnal species that, you know, chills out. Nothing really kills them. Um, although in areas around humans, they've become a lot more nocturnal and secretive because they're, they're gentle giants, you know. They're very nice. I yeah. like them. But they're just ridiculously hench. It's like when you see those, you know, those meme pictures go around and it's like, here's Bob Jenkins from 1854. He had the biggest cow the world has ever seen. Yeah. That's what they look like. They're so... And but they, every single one of them looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like the one that I've got up on the screen here is just like a rectangle of beef <laughs> with just the tiniest bits of legs poking out because there is just... They look like a cartoon animal. Yeah. They look like, yeah, you could wag you the shit out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay, moving on. Reptiles. Heaviest reptile. Okay. What do you reckon? Um, I've got three in mind. Yep. Have you got another list of ten? I do. 
You got ten. I, wasn't, I, was, I just got this for reference. I wasn't planning on going down it, but we. You, That's fine. But if I just throw some out, are you yeah. going to tell me where they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leatherback turtle. Leatherback turtle is in at number four. In at number four, saltwater crocodile. In at number one, the heaviest reptile is oh. a saltwater crocodile, which weighs in at a average mass of four hundred and fifty kilograms. See, this is the thing with like. I always feel like with reptiles, there's absolutely vast differences between the average and then the big ones. Yeah. So it's like for the average mass of a, for the gower that we were just talking about, average is 0.95 tons. Yep. Maximum is 1.5 tons. Yep. There's not, you know, that's not that much of a, a, a jump. Yeah. Saltwater crocodile, average mass 450 kilograms. Yeah. Maximum mass two tons. It's like four times bigger. It's just in, like imagine if there were humans four times bigger than the average human. Jesus, that's a point. <laughs> yeah, like, like the the difference. Every, every now and then, you just got a massive bloke. The average height for a, a man, I imagine, is somewhere around six foot. Yeah, and then you'd be talking about suddenly walking down the street and coming across a man who's twenty four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> if they were four times bigger than the average person. Jesus. Yep. Anyway. Good. So that's saltwater crocodile and leatherback sea turtle. Uh, any more you want to just throw out? Uh, green anaconda. Green anaconda doesn't make the list of heaviest reptiles. Oh, okay. Interestingly. We're going to talk about we're gonna talk about snakes in a minute, but, okay. but it's not actually on the list. Um, the... Galapagos tortoise. Galapagos tortoise just sneaks in at 15th on my list. What? What? Yeah. There's 14... <laughs> Anaconda isn't on it. No. And there are 14 things between saltwater crocodile and Galapagos... Yeah. Nile crocodile... Is second. American alligator... Is eighth. Gariel... Is seventh. You're basically getting the theme. It's the crocodilians. It's crocodiles and then another group. And is the, the separate group is the turtles. The sea turtles. Yeah. yeah. So on there, you've also got the green sea turtle, yeah. the loggerhead sea turtle, uh, and then you mentioned the leatherback sea turtle. So there's three sea turtles. And then at number one, saltwater croc. Two, Nile croc. Three, the Orinoco crocodile. No, I wasn't getting that. Five, Black Cayman. Six, um. American croc. Seven, Gariel. Eight, American alligator. Ninth, Mugger crocodile. Ten, the False Gariel. Fourteenth, the Slender Snouted croc. And then we've got Green Sea Turtle, Loggerhead Sea Turtle. Oh, and the, actually, sorry, in at eleventh is the Aldabra Giant Tortoise. So the Galapagos Giant Tortoise is at fifteenth, but then the Aldabra giant tortoise is in at 11th. Right. So there's okay. two two giant tortoises, and then the rest is all crocodiles and sea turtles. Cool. But going back to snakes, yep. because you might assume that anaconda was absolutely going to feature on this list. Green anaconda is the biggest snake overall by size, because it's just massive and heavy and bulky. Chonkers. Yeah. But the reticulated python yep. can actually be two meters longer than an anaconda. Anacondas can get to about five meters long. Reticulated pythons have been recorded at seven meters fairly regularly in terms of their length. They're just massive. Like, just picture for a second what seven meters is like. And then imagine that being an, a thick muscle that can just like... Like, their heads are like the size of your 
thighs. <laughs> the whole thing you said could get recut in such a different way. <laughs> Luckily, we don't think like that on How Many Geese. No, we don't. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Do you want to know about the specimen that was once widely accepted to be the largest ever snake? The specimen? Yeah. So there was one snake in Pittsburgh at a zoo, a reticulated python. Everyone used to say this is the largest ever accurately measured snake in the world was Colossus, the reticulated python that lived at Pittsburgh Zoo during the 1950s and early 60s, with a peak reported length of 8.7 metres, that's 28 feet 7 inches, from a measurement that was taken in November 1956. So this was widely reported as the biggest snake ever measured. However, when he died on 14th of April 1963, its skeleton was measured and found to be two metres shorter than what they'd all been claiming at Pittsburgh Zoo. Man, Pittsburgh Zoo, come now, on. Look, who hasn't added a couple of extra metres <laughs> onto the length of their snake when they've been asked? I'm sure we can all we can all sympathise with the Pittsburgh Zoo. Yeah, we don't think like that. But, but the original reports had been constructed, so the original length had been constructed by combining measurements... Of two other snakes <laughs> in a long tube. <laughs> Basically, they'd measured bits of Colossus and then extrapolated from there because this is the thing. You can't measure a live reticulated python <laughs> because you can't control... You can't flatten out... like there. Aren't enough people to hold down a six meter long python? Like they're just too strong, and you can't get an accurate measurement with the way they move and the way they wriggle and writhe. You you just can't get a measurement if the snake is still alive. But how you know how you said they measured bits of it? Yeah, and added it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, if I was going to measure bits of a dog, mm-hmm. I would do head to shoulder. Yeah. Shoulder to hip, hip to tail. Yeah. I'm going to say there are no place markers on a snake <laughs> at which you could divide it up yeah. reliably. Yeah. What's basically <laughs> happened is they've managed like... to like pin down a bit of the head and they might have just gone, yeah, that's 30 centimetres. <laughs> and then just looked down the length of the writhing mass of the giant serpent <laughs> on the table in front of them and gone, it's probably about eight metres. Yeah, so you call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> So now, yeah, because of situations like this, any official length of a snake, it has to be dead or it has to be under anaesthetic so that you can make sure you've got an accurate, reliable measurement because they're just too strong to be able to hold them down. I learned this then afterwards, and I believe this is still standing. There's an offer of a financial reward by the New York Zoological Society that was initially $1,000, Then it was raised to $5,000, then to $15,000 in 1978. Now, the most recent thing I could find of it was 1980, $50,000. A financial reward for a live, healthy snake that's 30 foot or longer, it's 9.14 metres, to be delivered to the New York Zoological Society. No attempt to claim this reward, unsurprisingly, has ever been made. But as far as I could read, it's still out there. A $50,000 award to anyone who delivers a 30-foot snake to the New York <laughs> Zoological Society. Like, if that's not a How Many Geese special, how, then I don't know. How big was... 
how big was Colossus when he was measured measured? Colossus, when he was measured measured, was six meters long. They want a, a snake that is three meters longer than Colossus. Wow. So yeah, so Colossus was about 20 foot. They want one that's 30 foot, 10 foot longer. There have been reticulated pythons. The big ones routinely get to about seven meters. There have been unconfirmed reports of ones being bigger in Indonesia, so things like eight meters, but without an actual official measurement. So, I mean, that's probably why they're so confident in offering a $50,000 award that stood now for 42 years, because no one's going to deliver them a 30-foot live python. <laughs> do, they have, do, they, do they have awards for, like, other weight classes in other animals i could buy bring them a massive hamster will they give me a tenner <laughs> i don't maybe we could get them on the show and yeah. really drill down <laughs> what's the biggest rabbit you'll accept we're now getting towards the thing that i saw that actually sparked this whole thing off um but i just wanted to mention because i know you're a big fan of the amphibians mm. biggest amphibian uh, it's either the Chinese or the Japanese giant salamander. It's the South China salamander, yep. which are human size. Yeah. Like weighing 64 kilograms and being 1.8 meters long. Yeah. That's a human sized salamander. Yeah. I knew they were big, but I did not realize they were that big. Yeah. That's insane. But they also look like a kind of badly stuffed haggis. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they're like... It's like bad taxidermy or something yeah, like that, isn't it's, it? Because they're kind of a bit gloopy. Yeah. 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 They're, insane yeah. just thought i'd throw that in yeah. as a bit of roddy fan service yeah um, but to start to go to the real giants now we have to look outside the animal kingdom so we're looking now for the biggest organisms okay okay so we're moving away from we're leaving the animals behind and we're going back to something that we mentioned on the show do you know where i'm going yeah where are we going is it Pando? It's Pando. Yeah. yeah. Now, we're just going to briefly touch on Pando because we have talked about Pando in our previous episode on age. Pando is a name for a whole complex of aspen trees in Utah that covers 108 acres. And basically, the way that aspen trees reproduce is they send out suckers under the ground and then a new tree will grow from those roots. And what's been happening is... These trees have been growing in this one spot as this colony for potentially since the retreat of the last ice sheet about 14,000 years ago. And Pando has been there, this one massive network of aspen trees, all genetically the same, all one organism, constantly growing in this area. New runners, new suckers popping up, uh, and then new trees growing from it. So that's a little touch on Pando. 108 acres weighing 6,000 tons mm -hmm. estimated for the size of Pando. But to find something that dwarfs the size of Pando, we can stay in North America and go to the Malheur National Forest in Oregon to meet the humongous fungus. <laughs> the humongous fungus is its official name. Yeah. This is the species Amaryllia ostoi, which yep. is a type of honey fungus. Honey fungus is a parasitic fungi, and fungi have developed all sorts of lifestyles. You know, some of them live quite happily with the trees, as we know. Some of them live in the city, <laughs> they do poetry. Some of them are a bit more rural and they go horse riding. <laughs> but the humongous fungus, the honey fungus, is a parasite, and it grows underground rhizomorphs, which are basically like the tendrils of the fungus. They're like these specialized long black filaments of tissue that aim to seek out the roots of trees. It's a fungus that grows on the rhizomorphs of other fungus. No, 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 no. Oh. The rhizomorphs, sorry, are of the honey fungus. Right. So it's like it sends out these rhizomorphs okay. 
off out into the soil looking for the roots of other trees. Yep. Now, these rhizomorphs grow at a rate of about 0.7 to 3.3 feet a year. So they grow pretty slowly. And once they found a tree, they infest it, creating mats of this fungal matter rhizomorph mycelial thing under the bark and start sucking the life out of the living wood if you know about fungi please come on like (laughs) you can see like i'm listing off animals it comes to fungi we're like they do fungus stuff they do fungus stuff yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but basically these yeah this fungus finds the living tree latches onto it starts sucking the life out of it and after like 20 30 40 years they eventually kill the tree the only time you actually see the fungus, which is the only time you pretty much see any fungus, is when the fruiting bodies emerge out of the ground. That's when we get our mushrooms. But there's a whole subterranean world of filaments going on. And in 1988, Greg Whipple was the first Forest Service employee to go to this area of the Malheur National Forest to investigate this infestation of honey fungus. So they were like, we've got a problem. There's all these fir trees that are dying what's the what's the situation greg and greg was never heard from again <laughs> as the honey fungus subsumed him and he became one of the colony <laughs> yeah greg's still there yeah. now like vecna from stranger <laughs> things 20 to 40 years to kill a tree so greg's <laughs> just there slowly <laughs> somebody please please so at first when they found the fungus they thought it covered about 400 acres of it spreading through this area panda was 160 108 108. Pando was 108. Okay, so that's uh, so when they first found the humongous fungus, they thought it covered 400 acres. But then they did additional genetic research. So this is basically, you take a sample of the fungus here, and then you go 400 acres away, you take a sample of the fungus there, lo and behold, it's got the same genetic code. It's the same organism. And then they just kept doing that, widening the search... And basically found that the same fungus covers 2,385 acres. Come on. Pando was estimated to weigh 6,000 tonnes. The humongous fungus could weigh (laughs) as much as 35,000 tonnes and maybe 8,650 years old. I don't like it. It's just... (laughs) And the thing is, like, you know... You walk through something like Pando, this forest of aspen trees, and you go, okay, I get it. Like, there's loads of trees. I see them. They're big. You could walk through this area of the Malheur National Park, and unless it's autumn, have no concept of the fact that the biggest organism in the world is underneath your feet. That is literally Stranger Things. That's like the upside down. Yeah. Basically, in this forest, in the Malheur National Park, there are... Only five colonies of this fungus that range from the humongous fungus at 2,000 plus acres to ones about 50 acres. But they're all, there's basically just five individuals. There's five mushrooms. In this giant forest. It's mad. Christ. And that's, that's what's... The, all the honey fungus that you would see walking through that entire forest is made up of five individuals. But anyway, to get to the story that brought me to this topic in the first place and to finish, because this year, something has taken the humongous fungus's crown as the largest known organism. The humongous fungus is no longer the king of being the biggest organism. Tiny fungus. (laughs) Any ideas what it might be? Well, 
I mean, number one is another fungus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see why you'd think that. It's not another fungus. Have we found out that, like, all pheasants are in fact (laughs) one pheasant? (laughs) (laughs) Operating under a giant pheasant hive mind (laughs) with tendrils connecting them under the soil. And pheasants, in fact, (laughs) are one being. Um, It's a plant. Okay. But where could the largest plant ever have been hiding? How could we have just discovered this year the largest ever plant? Oh, it's behind the sofa. No, <laughs> it's right under the cushions. Yeah. Um, the largest plant... Oh! Oh, is it some seagrass? It's, it's exactly this. Oh. It's a seagrass. Yeah, it's been hiding under the sea. And, of course, Australia couldn't let America have the title of the biggest organism for long and Western Australia was like hold my seagrass I've got the biggest organism on the planet because a group of scientists bloody yanks of a mushroom (laughs) so a group of scientists were wanting to test the genetic diversity of ribbon weed seagrass in this area called Shark Bay they collected... Of course, it's still <laughs> of course, of course, the biggest thing in Australia is in Shark Bay. I'd like to know if there's any bays in Australia that aren't called Shark Bay. Yeah. So they basically went into this huge underwater meadow in Shark Bay and started collecting DNA samples. Now, what they expected to find was multiple individuals and see what the genetic diversity was. But just like testing the fungus, they suddenly realised that, hang on, this is the same, the exact same plant as this one. This is the exact same plant as this one. This is the exact same plant as this one. The answer to how many individuals were in Shark Bay turned out to be one. And it covers 200 square kilometers, which about 77 square miles in terms of its spread. So that is Liverpool. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Shit, really? Liverpool is 199.6 Wow. square kilometers. So this is a plant the size of Liverpool. Oh my god. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's insane. It's believed to have germinated from a seed, a single seed, about 4,500 years ago. I mean, maybe Liverpool did as well. <laughs> <laughs> a single scouse seed planted on the world. Does Liverpool also grow at about 35 centimetres a year? <laughs> because <laughs> it could do. The ribbon weed meadow is, and that's how they've been able to calculate, basically, as this species only grows at about 35 centimetres a year. Working backwards, they reckon it germinated from a seed about 4,500 years ago to become the biggest organism living on planet Earth, I mean, that we're currently aware of right now, but it is that ribbon weed seagrass in Shark Bay that apparently is as big as Liverpool. <laughs> Man. All right, it's time for that part of the show where we take one of nature's magnificent creatures and we pit it against Roddy Shaw in a fight to the death. Now, today's animal has been submitted on Instagram by the aptly named Deadly Wise, and it is the leopard gecko. Now, let's get to know our foe. Hailing from the dry grasslands and desert regions of Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan, India and Nepal, the leopard gecko is a nocturnal ground-dwelling species of lizard that will be familiar to many people as it's one of the most commonly kept reptiles in captivity. Everyone had a kid in their class that had a leopard gecko, I'm sure. Uh, They measure between 20 to 30 centimetres 
and weigh about 70 grams with a spotted appearance all down their body, hence the name. Being a ground-based gecko, they do not have the adhesive lamellae on their toes which allow them to climb smooth vertical walls. So they're very much a ground-based fighting style. The one thing I remember about seeing these geckos when you see them in pet shops and places like that is that they've got this really fat, fleshy tail that acts in the same way as a camel's hump does. That's for them to store fat and act as an energy reserve if they struggle to locate food in the harsh habitats that they live in. And like most geckos, they can detach their tails if attacked, which allow them to get away. And the detached tail can twitch for up to 30 minutes to serve as a distraction for the predator. They can regenerate their tail. They start regenerating it instantly after it's been dropped as it's so important for their survival with that fat storing mechanism. Uh, but it always grows back shorter than the original one. They can lose their tail multiple times and keep growing it back, but never to the extent that it was originally. And the last thing I want to mention is leopard geckos are or have polyphyodonty, meaning they continually grow and replace their teeth throughout their lives and can replace each of their 100 teeth every three to four months. They go through a completely brand new set of teeth. So, Roddy Shaw, bearing all that in mind, how many leopard geckos are too many leopard geckos? They're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> they are really quite sweet. And when I said we all knew someone in school who had a leopard gecko, it's probably you if you're listening to this podcast. It was me. Yeah, I was it? Did yeah. you have a leopard gecko? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't want to fight it. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably, though, you should know their greatest weaknesses if you've been so close to the enemy. I mean, this, this is sketchy, sketchy territory, but I was young and didn't fully understand the husbandry requirements and anyway <laughs> are you telling me you've already defeated a leopard gecko oh, this is not how i wanted this to come out <laughs> teeth thing is amazing yeah the, the fact that they can replace all of their 100 teeth every three to four months they're constantly regenerating they've got get a brand new set of teeth every three to four they months 100 teeth yeah they're tiny yeah yeah yeah, you always think about like some of the reptiles and like a snake's mouth or whatever, and they're just jammed with teeth, aren't they? Mm. And yeah, constant, basically continually replacing them. So they're always nice and sharp. Honestly, yeah. this is like the sweetest animal I've ever. This is really <laughs> like pheasants. They were easy. Get rid of them. They're slice and dice or whatever I said. I can't yeah. think of anything that has. They can't even climb you. I know they're they're just they just hide under rocks. They just want a cricket. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh damn! So this is a contest. Is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> is it a contest? I don't know. Is there any reason a leopard gecko might have to attack? <laughs> Knowing I've already killed one. <laughs> <through>. <laughs> the motive is set through. <laughs> vengeance yeah the most powerful of all the motives oh god have i have i enraged you've angered the leopard gecko gods oh no and you are now to be dealt your justice oh, shit <laughs> okay so maybe they shall deal justice in the same way that it was dealt to their leopard gecko brethren when you were younger when you were a child oh god am i spelling this out <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I thought I'd leave it up to you to pick that up where you wanted. <laughs> so, it's important to get the humidity right 
Yeah. In a reptile's enclosure because mm-hmm. they shed their skin mm-hmm. and they need a certain level of humidity for it to come off mm-hmm. successfully. I didn't exactly achieve that level of humidity. And so when they peel it off their feet, it almost comes off like a kitchen glove backwards. Okay. That's how it's meant to just kind of yeah. roll off. But if the one hip- yeah. were to not perhaps, you know, realize the intricacies of leopard gecko biology like the 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 old skin stays on the finger okay and then as they grow it's like you know when a a metal band is around a tree and it squeezes them and they yeah yeah yeah. it acts like that so then tried to find out how to fix it and it was well you need to kind of get the humidity up and here's here's this and it was a case of putting it in a container that would allow the feet to soak okay and, and only the feet. And I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're saying is that the leopard geckos are going to... The leopard geckos that are attacking you are going to put you in a corset and then try and drown you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the leopard gecko's plan of attack. Oh, this is so personal and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But mm-hmm. leopard geckos yeah. are... Have you seen them when they in the videos and someone's holding a little a little grub or a cricket and they see it and they sort of perk right up and they and they run towards it because uh-huh. they don't just walk they really twist and throw that like very yeah. serpentine a like lot a, of flex a serpentine gait yes so it's real kind of like what i'm saying is they waddle a bit with the leopard waddle <laughs> is not where i was aiming for with this because okay. with the leopard print and the strut. Oh, okay. They're I fabulous see. little they, geckos. They are very fabulous. And they're putting me in a corset. <laughs> so I think this <laughs> is perhaps some kind of drag show fashion off. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to lose that. Oh, is this the first? This can't be the first one I'd lose. Well, I mean, the question is how many? I've fought an orca. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Never mind how personal it may be to these leopard geckos. Never mind my past failings as a as a reptile husbandry or yeah. keeper. I can't I can't defeat an orca in combat lose and lose to, to leopard geckos on a catwalk to a leopard gecko. <laughs> we have a catwalk. Yeah. Right. They put me in a corset. Mm-hmm. They shove you out on stage for humiliation in front of everybody. Right. I admit fully. That I have passed failings yeah. and offended the leopard geckos. Uh-huh. And so, unique to all other fights, this is the first one that actually has grounds for, <laughs> for the, taking place. <laughs> to legitimately take place. Okay. <laughs> they capture me. Okay. Quite how. Without their sticky hands. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Maybe they enlist the help of some other large reptiles. Yes. The monitor lizards. Mm-hmm. Or... Where are they from? Uh, like Iran, yeah, the, Pakistan, Afghanistan, the deserts of India. I don't Nepal. want to get captured there. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, maybe you're locked in a cave. <laughs> this is taking twists and turns in a geopolitical world, which we are not equipped to do. I'm not sure anybody can keep up with the twists and turns in this current segment. Right. I've been captured and they've put a corset on me and pushed me out on stage. Yeah. There's no way I can compete with them no. in that they then go out. They've got these big eyes. There's crickets and, and they're, they're strutting, dancing, wiggling, lovely tail, leopard skin. Because because there are a lot of different color morphs 
There are now. Of been, leopard yeah, geckos. They have been bred into lots of different colored moths. So, they push me out on stage thinking it's going to humiliate me. Uh-huh. Plot twist, you've been waiting for this moment your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Joke's on you, geckos. <laughs> but then the, the music and everything, they can't, actually can't hold themselves back. Mm. So then once the beat kicks in, once mm. everything, once they realize, oh, there's people paying attention, it's glamour, it's showbiz, it's everything. Yeah. They all then start strutting out on stage themselves. Yeah, uh-huh. I lose the catwalk. Okay. But the next day... Uh-huh. Because they've been so caught up, they're like, that didn't work at all. You know, yeah. it, it all became a show about them. They took over. They forgot they were trying to humiliate me. Yeah. I'm just, by that point, wearing a corset, watching a leopard <laughs> gecko parade, which, you know, is one way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. But they're then, oh, no, how did... Ah, that an, didn't happen correctly. There's an inquest. Yeah. So they challenged me to another... Trial. Trial. For technical reasons unknown, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to then pick the event. Okay, right. <laughs> well, you bested them at their ploy. They're very, you know, they've got, they're, they're very generous. <laughs> they're so swept up in the glamour of it all. Yeah. They're at, they're on their way to the fashion after party. Okay. They're like, oh, you sort it. You just did whatever we've got. We'll be there. Just give us a time. Exactly. It's cocktails. You know, we're going for cocktails with the with the tokes. And, um, yeah. you know. yeah. um, so I then take them to a climbing wall. Oh, got them. <laughs> absolute mockery of them i'm up and down i'm look yeah. by no means nimble on a climbing wall yeah but it is an absolute cr- the mora- because they've been out the night before with all the other geckos yeah. and said to them we're gonna get this guy tomorrow you yeah. should he's offended us yeah. he's ruined us it's you know come on gecko gang yeah let's go see this there's all a the- whole crowd the felsumas the <laughs> The Tokays, yeah. the other gargoyle geckos, <laughs> yeah. New Caledonian giant geckos. Uh, Can I leaf, get to five? The leaf ones. Leaf-tailed geckos. The satanic leaf-tailed gecko is there. Oh, he's going to beat you up afterwards. He is, but we'll circle back. No, I mean, <laughs> if you lose, like the oh, gecko, the, yeah. to the leopard geckos. And I go up and down the wall a couple times, yeah. turn for the leopard geckos to step up, and mm. all the other geckos are cheering them on, until suddenly they rip... We can't, we can't, we can't climb like you guys can. And it then becomes such a crushing morale blow. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it's like, they're being laughed at. That's what I'm doing to the leopard geckos. Ruining them psychologically in a courtroom of their peers. (laughs) That's a trauma they're going to carry for the rest of their lives. And the number here is... However many leopard geckos are required to put on and host a fashion show. (laughs) That's how many leopard geckos I can take in a fight. Okay. This question Mm. comes to us from Richard Osman. The Richard Osman. The Richard Osman. Does it come to us? It comes to us. (laughs) Or has Richard Osman tweeted this? Look... Don't take this from me. (laughs) Just because over 1,000 other people liked that this has come to us. (laughs) Okay. Richard Osman asks, Good morning, everyone. I mean, hang on. Richard Osman asks, Good morning, geese. What's best, monkeys or penguins? Oh. That's a great question because, brace yourself, 
Both of them are shit. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> okay. Thank you, I don't Richard. Like, I don't Thanks like for listening. I don't like either of them, okay? Uh, penguins are one of my least favourite birds. Oh. Uh, I mean, I still like them because they're birds, but they're so, like, try-hard mammals. They're just like, they're such a basic bird. I just got no interest in penguins. Okay. I'm walking straight past them at the zoo. And monkeys? Monkeys are, I don't really like them either. Um, I don't know what it is about them. I can't quite put my finger on the monkey thing, but they're not as interesting as apes. Okay. And they're all the same. Yeah. They're just like, great, I've seen a monkey. Yep. Do, if we were trimming the evolutionary tree of life, I could take out a lot of monkeys. <laughs> like, we can streamline that to be a lot more effective than it is. Like, I think we need, like, three monkeys across the world. We don't need the diversity that we've got because they're all pretty much doing the same job. That, if anything, point is almost proven by the fact that kids will learn lion, tiger, mm. cheetah, leopard jaguar mm-hmm. i reckon kids will know that those five things are out there mm-hmm. i reckon kids will know eagles owl parrot pigeon bird yeah i reckon kids just know monkey yeah that's true you know although to be fair i can hear you shouting from here primatologist listeners um saying kids know parrot yeah is like saying kids know monkeys because it's a whole family of you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, the t- the the big cat example stands. Yeah, right? that okay. Well, let's only pay attention to that one then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> forget the other one that may or may not work. <laughs> let's, let's focus on what's working here. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm only here asking the question on behalf of Richard. You know, he sent it to me. So Richard said, which is best? He said, what's best, what's monkeys best? or penguins? Oh. I mean, I would have to go with penguins because they're birds, but. I'm not enthusiastic about it. Penguins are more impressive. I think penguins are more impressive than monkeys. Also, monkeys are really... Like... I mean, again, trimming down the tree. Yeah. With our thoughts on chimps. Yeah. Monkeys are just, like, worse chimps. Yeah, exactly. They're scary. (laughs) Monkeys are scary. Penguins aren't scary. Yeah. Penguins are not scary. Penguins are very nice. They're very calm. Yeah. They're just on the ice. Monkeys scream. Monkeys do scream. They've got sharp, pointy teeth. And they don't have the intelligence that comes with something like a chimp to be like... They're not proper smart. They're not proper smart. They're like... They're like two spaniels. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With hands. Any monkey... Is two spaniels smart yeah. with hands. Yeah, and that's not enough to justify no. their overall dominance <laughs> on mainstream. They're just every they're so both of them as well are are so mainstream. That's my I think that's my main gripe with penguins. Is oh. they're so basic. Right. But penguins are out there doing one of nature's most insane endurance mm. like Like the Emperor Penguins. Yeah, the the hierarchy of kind of in the way that cheetahs are fast. Yeah. And they're fast and they got that down and they're top of one thing. Yeah. Peregrine falcons, fast, top of one thing. Mm. 
chimps, dolphins, smart, top of one thing. Yeah. Sharks, yeah. scary, top of one thing. Yeah. Sharks are heavily persecuted and we should really love them. But for the point of this joke, just stick with me. <laughs> Penguins, endurance, yeah. top of one thing. Yeah. Monkeys, like I think what you're trying to I say reckon is- any squirrel is as good at climbing as a monkey. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the way of saying it is penguins have achieved. There is there is there is a species of penguin that is the best at a thing out of anything in the animal kingdom. Yes. Name me one thing that any monkey is the best at. Proboscis monkey is the best at comedy noses. <laughs> <laughs> Elephant seal. Oh, shit. They've not even got that. And they're literally called proboscis monkeys. (laughs) Okay. So are we going with penguin beats monkey, but we're we're putting them both? Yeah. Yeah. I'm completely unenthusiastic about either of them, but penguins win because, yes, they are more impressive. Okay. There you go, Richard. Thanks for listening. Richard, put me on pointless. (laughs) Oh, hello, listener. Fancy seeing you here again. We've got to stop meeting like this. Yes, this is the bit where I go and tell you to check out our Instagram page over at How Many Geese, or that we accept donations over on buymeacoffee.com forward slash How Many Geese. But mainly, this is the part where I tell you that we're both very grateful for you listening, your support, and for sharing this podcast. We'll be back next week with another goose hot off the press. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>